Well, this is a fun night because we get to talk about young love and early marriage and early relationships and all of that stuff. So we've compiled some listener questions into a big lump and we're going to answer all your questions all together with all of our incredible parenting advice for young couples. Mm. (laughs) No, so obviously our kids aren't of the age where they are getting into relationships at this point, but... It has already become a conversation in our home. Some kids become aware of the opposite sex a lot sooner. And so today we're going to just kind of talk about how our parents navigated that from our perspectives and some thoughts around young, young budding friendships and romance. If you guys enjoy this episode, don't forget to share it on your social media profiles. Leave us a comment down below if you're here on YouTube or give us a thumbs up and what is it? Oh no, a rating or review if you're on iTunes or Spotify. We love hearing from you guys. It was actually awesome. We just got on Spotify and they gave us our little year in review. That was fun. You guys are amazing and we are just so thankful for our listeners. So thank you guys for being here and thanks for supporting the Now That We're a Family podcast. Yeah, and I'm going to chime in real quick because I just figured out that we can read reviews on Spotify and publish them. And so if you oh, can? months back had, you know, submitted a like a review on there or a response to a QA, and uh, a don't feel bad that we never published it. I didn't even know we could until recently. I went back there and I saw all of them. You guys have said so many kind things back there. I feel bad because we always ask for ratings and reviews and I read them on iTunes and that's great, but I didn't realize we could access them in the back office of Are they Spotify. different on Spotify than iTunes or the I mean, same ones? They're different. They're different ones. They're like Spotify specific reviews. Yes. I don't know if they call them reviews on there. No way. Thanks, But it's guys. like they, they like prompt you on the episode. Like, what do you think about this episode? And then people can comment on it. Uh, and so I just went back and published, made those all public as best as I could, I think, anyways. Very cool. Okay. Well, I, I mean, we're kind of already in the episode. Well, let's still do the intro. The Now That We're a Family podcast so speaking of youth back when we were young Mm. (laughs) i think kids start becoming aware of the opposite sex obviously at totally different ages i was like five years old and i already thought i knew who i was going to marry and it turns out i didn't (laughs) and so i was super aware at a very young age who was this guy austin butler or Austin. Austin Butthead. I hate Stop. that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought he was the greatest. And honestly, like, look, in my memory, my very foggy five-year-old memory, I think he looked like you as a child. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, like he had like the dark hair, the dark eyes, and I can't remember anything else, but we were best friends and I just was sure I was going to marry him. And thankfully, Lord, at other plants, hopefully he's happily married out there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, too bad for Austin Butler that he didn't end up with you. There's no way he could. When did you start becoming aware of girls in like a, I have a crush on one girl? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, 10, 11, 12. I don't. I feel like you were a little older, but I don't know. Yeah. I I, I think probably the first girl, I I don't even know what her name was, but she went to our church. Um, Well, you have to be careful with Centralia because Elisha grew up in the same town his whole life and they're all still there. So I feel like if you do say her... I think her name was Amanda. And I think she was like a year and a half older than me. Nice. Um, And which seemed like a 
eternity. <laughs> yeah, with girls and boys 10, at that you know, age. 10 or 11. And um, yeah, I, I thought for sure she knew I was infatuated with her because like in the middle of church, we sit, you know, across the sanctuary and I would like try to subtly look and she would look over and I'd look away. And I never, I never said a word, word to her, but I was in love <laughs> with her for so probably cute. about a year. So <laughs> that's so cute. And I feel like, yeah, it's funny how different kids just have different stages because we have certain children that are already totally aware of who they have a crush on and stuff like that. And then other kids who either they aren't admitting it or they don't, you know, they still think the opposite sex is cooties instead of cuties. Oh, sure. You know, mm-hmm. where they're just kind of like, uh, I like to stick to my my buddies. Just yeah, hang out with these exactly. Guys. Yeah. So anyways, I think that it's really cute. But then how do you navigate if you have a goal for your children dating to marry that is your goal with marriage is the goal you aren't dating for just a friend or companionship Mm. or a romantic outlet or any of those things that the world just has this recreational dating Mm -hmm. which is not recreational to play with your kind of your whole life you know, (laughs) like it's, it's a serious thing when you're dating somebody. And so to just throw it around, like it's this, uh, thing you do, like a sport you play Mm. is just really foolish. Mm -hmm. But if you have this goal of marriage, then how do you balance protecting and guarding your children versus freedom when they start to have an interest in each other? Are you asking me? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Elisha. You're asking the wrong guy. What do you do? Uh, That's a good question. I mean, I think What do you feel like your parents did? Yeah, it is interesting because I I admire each one of my siblings and how they've gone about their dating relationships. And and they've got amazing spouses and great marriages. And again, that's to the extent that I'm aware of their dating relationships. You know, I'm like younger brother or, you know, older brother. It's not like they're confiding in me, you know, after every date. Uh, However, just like as far as the optics went and and what I could tell their dynamic was with my parents, it seemed very admirable and, and very, um, yeah, I think there was a ton of like respect that my, each one of my siblings had for my parents. And so they desired their input. They decided they desired, you know, my sisters desired my dad's, um, headship in him to have that role of protector and somebody that was giving insight and getting to know the guy, um, and, and I, and I think that's a huge thing, you know, it's, it's so easy to say in principle, like a daughter should heed her father's instructions when it comes to dating men. And I would stand by that statement. Like if you're a Christian daughter with a Christian father, but then at the same time, I think that as men, I'm hoping that your daughter also wants to heed your instruction and, and has a desire because of the love she has for you, the respect she has for you, that the trust she's put in you. And, and it's crazy because I think that's the case. That was the case with my father. It was the case with your father as tumultuous as our relationship was, you never once lost respect for your father, nor did you lose a desire to receive his blessing Mm -hmm. in, in our relationship. And I think that speaks to the relationship that you had established with your father. And it also speaks to just the objective admiral the admirability or yeah, the, 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 the respectability of your father. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't deny that. No, I, I, this is a respectable man. <laughs> like he is a good father, a good husband. I should care about his, uh, input. And so, you know, you can say 
you sh- a daughter should or should this all day long, heed her father's instructions, or you know, a, a man should, you know, go seek the father's blessing of the daughter and and really you know get permission from the father. And again, I stand by all those things, but you can make that a lot more of a enjoyable process by being an admirable father or, or an admirable mother. Yeah. Did you did your family have a dating age? Or it was like, okay, at this age, you can start dating exclusively. Not that I know of. I th- It's funny. We were just joking about this, I think, at our last, at my mom's birthday um, when we were there a couple months back. And we were all joking about that. And and we were like, man, was there a dating age? We Because we were all together. And we're like, mom, dad, did you guys have a dating age? We're like, I don't think we ever did. And then my brother, Dieter, uh, who he and his wife, Kennedy, have liked each other since they were like, well, I don't know, 12 or something. You know, I like 14. like 15. Yeah. yeah. Way younger. Dieter was like, oh no, you definitely gave me an age. And so I think that was that unique scenario where it's like he knew who he liked at a very young age. And so my parents were like, hold, like, calm down here. Like, you're not even, you know, you're 15. We want you to wait until you're 18 or whatever. They gave him an age, it sounded like. Sounded like. Um, but other than that, I think me and all my siblings agreed that, that that wasn't really ever established. Well, it's funny going back when I was trying to think through all this because we didn't have a dating age either, but there's kind of this general assumption of if you're dating for marriage, then you need to be ready for that dating to lead to marriage. So I really appreciated that my parents didn't have these. They realized that timelines start and there's different starts to romantic timelines. One of those is declaration. So if, for instance, I had a lot of crushes growing up where I was pretty sure the guy liked me too. And, you know, you hear through the grapevine, oh, they have a crush on you. And you have a crush on them. I think in most cases I had a crush on a guy because I heard he had a crush on me. <laughs> and so I that was is, flattered. It's like a safe bet. You're like, well, this seems like a safe crush. <laughs> like, this is a good way to protect my yeah, confidence. Exactly. <laughs> and so, but you've never said that to each other. Hmm. You know, he never came up and was like, hey, I am in love with you. Yeah, or I have a crush on you. Got it. It's undeclared. Yeah. And I think that that's something that can be really helpful as long as the relationship is undeclared, then my parents really just let that go. Mm. And they wouldn't let us have any exclusive boyfriend-girlfriend relationships. But from the time I was 12 was the first time that I remember I knew a guy liked me. I liked him. Um, His parents were kind of interested in the whole like arranged marriage (laughs) type of thing. They were talking to my parents about it. My parents were like, yeah, that's not going to happen. They were like ready to put it in writing. Yeah, exactly. I don't, they didn't want to like betroth me, but it was kind of like, hey, our kids really like each other. They hit it off. We should really encourage this. Oh, interesting. And um, my parents were like, yeah, that's not something we're going to encourage. And um, so I knew that this boy liked me and I liked him because Elisha wasn't giving me the time of day. So, you know, got to have other options. Okay. You're 12. That means I'm 16. So yeah, come on. I was ready for you, but <laughs> at, at this, like we didn't talk about it. And so my parents just were like, Hey, we're friends with everybody. And that was their big thing is we're friends with everybody. You aren't going to single out this person, but we did in group settings, always, hang out together and do stuff together. Uh, But again, it was a group setting. And so I don't think my parents were that stressed about it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And same thing with I'm like 14, 15, 16, 17. Like my journals are a mess. I was the type of girl that always was writing about who I had the crush on. And I just feel like, but no timeline started. 
if that makes sense. You can have a crush on someone for a really long time and hang out in group settings. And that can happen for multiple years. And then it just kind of fades out. Like one person moves on. Oh, yeah, that's great. And it's great. And nothing, no harm came of it. Exactly. Nobody's embarrassed. Nobody feels awkward around the other person. Exactly. So I think my parents did a good job of just letting those things run their course and not over worrying about it so by saying you didn't declare it means or he didn't declare to you it that's meaning you didn't declare it to each other but would you talk about it with your sisters or would you talk about oh, it with yeah, friends with girls like we all me and all my friends knew who we liked sure and you know so their brother would yeah exactly exactly it was like it just wasn't to the other person right yeah. does that make sense it's yes. a whole other animal if you are telling someone you like them yeah it's a step of formality thing <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I, and the burden of that was on the guy when I was growing up. So it wasn't like I was going to go say that anyways. Oh, sure. Yeah. And there were guys that went to my dad when I was, you know, 14, 15 years old and were like, I'm interested in your daughter. And he was like, well, don't let her know. Get a discount when you sign up for what? The Growth Initiative and the Get It All Done Club. The Get It All Done Club is a home management program. Link down below. You could see a free masterclass about everything I teach on creating a peacefully productive home. And the Growth Initiative is about becoming the man that you feel God has called you to be, but you don't have the systems and the support to become it. So if you're looking to grow together this year as a couple, even if it's in two different veins, we encourage you to check out the link below. You'll find a discount to the couples package. And if you want to learn more about either of these programs, you can watch a free free webinar, a free one, a free webinar for either one of the courses. Okay, interesting. So he told her that, or told them that. Yeah, and I found out later. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's. I think that's a great uh, concept for mm-hmm. sure to kind of like let it just let let it be on mm-hmm. some level. Uh, and I do wonder though, if your personality was, I know, I know it's different than my personality in the sense that you were very, you wore your emotions on your sleeve a lot mm-hmm. more. You were going to tell your sisters, you were probably going to tell your parents who you liked, who you yeah, had a crush Yeah, it was like a dinner on. time, like teasing conversation type Yeah. Thing. And then I'm sure you had siblings and I know I was the type of person that was not going to share that with anyone, uh, ever. Like it, I was just going to keep it to myself. And be, I mean, because I, w- whether it was, I wasn't given the opportunity or Whatever. You're big even in your journals. Like I just found one of Elisha's journals in my hope chest when we were 18, 19, and you're so vague in there. But I could tell you like a girl, but the way you just write about them, it's not like... I knew somebody was going to be reading my journal someday. his wife was going to be reading his journal. (laughs) Yeah. Like you'll say girls are pretty in there, but not like you have a crush on them or, you know. Sure. Um, But I'm saying that to say, I think that like I take, for instance, one of our children who we both know who it is that wears his emotions on his sleeve. Oh, I just gave away his, his sex and gender. There. It's okay. We've got his. four boys and one girl. There we go. Okay. So we're good to go. Um, and, and a lot of times you can take comfort in that. It's like, oh, we know where they're at. We know who to look out for. We know, we know who to pay attention to when we're at p- events to make sure they don't wander off together, you know, <laughs> exactly. like, yeah, behind the church or whatever, behind the berm. Um, and, and then. But I think the the downfall can be, and nobody else is interested. Like our other kids aren't even interested in girls, or our other daughters not even interested in guys, only because they express it so much differently than you your can child. Assume that where it's not the case. That's what you'll say yes. exactly. That's what you'll say to yourself or to your spouse. And you and I have heard 
people say that. Yeah, I know. And that's why I don't say that. Because I've heard people say that about their kids. I'm like, you have no clue. Yes. Yes. I know who your daughter likes. And you're yes. saying she doesn't even notice boys. Yeah, exactly. Like you're just clued out. Yes. And I, again, I heard that with my friends all growing up where I would overhear my parents being like, oh, well, she's not interested in anyone. She doesn't even know guys exist. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Your parents would say that? No, not my parents. Yeah, my parents, parents always yeah. knew. Right. They always assumed that. But, yeah. That was a natural, healthy part of life, whether you're saying it or not saying it. Yeah. And again, it's, I mean, dating in general is such an interesting subject because you and I came up, I think we're speaking to it. It's easy for us to take for granted, maybe our overall worldview on it because we were brought, we're like what second generation, like homeschool family. Our uh, parents weren't homeschool. Or I'm saying you and, okay. So we're, we're raising the next generation of people brought up like in a homeschool, more conservative environment. Um, Where it's taken for granted that dating is a, where you do the preliminaries for your marriage. Yeah, exactly. So even when we say dating, there are so many things that we don't mean that people might. Yeah, that's their true. Own brain. That's it's. I feel like I didn't do a good job laying the foundation here. I just kind of yeah. dove in, assuming that. Sure. I mean, that's probably the bulk of our audience too. Where it's like, yeah, there's the, the point of this is marriage, and marriage is a is a you know obviously a holy thing, and you want to postpone. Well, not post. Obviously, you want to have a you want to refrain from sex. You know, you do you do not want to partake in that prior to marriage, and so therefore you can back it up and be like, well, then let's like back up all the physical interaction well, that we can. Not just sex. We were talking about this the other day. It's really lust. You want to slow that down because you know yes. the scripture speaks. If you, I mean, it focuses on the male here, but we all get it's for both sexes. If a man looks after a woman and he lusts after her in his heart, it's still sin. Right. It's a form of adultery. Yes. And so. I think that's even a misconception with virginity or purity or whatever these things, which is if I do not do this act, then I'm a virgin by the letter of the law or whatever. And I'm really grateful that neither you nor I had, no, we weren't perfect in this at all, but I'm glad that that wasn't our, our worldview. worldview. It was, Hey, if we're struggling with lust in our relationship, then that is a sin. Yes. In and of itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we need to work on doing something about that instead of just like, well, I, you know, maintain my virginity by, you know, a dictionary term. I just think that there's a lot lost in that regardless. No doubt. And, and And I do think that, I mean, again, that's a whole can of worms. When you go back to what people deem, you know, purity culture with like the I kiss dating goodbye, which that book was big in my home growing up or the, um, the Ludi's book, the When God Writes Your Love Story. I know, That's it's funny. I wasn't allowed to read those books because oh. my parents just thought it focused on, it can make girls kind of hyper-focused on the romance of relationship. Interesting. Instead of just living their life until a relationship happens, you know? Got it. Yeah. Um, and so those ones that, that, again, I can't say were extremely harmful or beneficial in my dating life, but I know that it was literature that was in our home. And that did inform me in, in dating. But I think it's some other books that were actually helpful, like some of Gary Thomas's stuff, I think. Yeah, or yeah like, like Tim practical stuff. relationship like, books can be really helpful. Yeah, and I think that that, that was helpful. Anyways. Um, but speaking of, okay, yeah. like this budding romance. So this isn't like a hardcore dating relationship where yeah. you're like in your 20s, right. you're ready to get married, both couples are very aware and you're struggling with a physical purity aspect. This is how do you navigate these young relationships that are like just budding, but like, 
do you encourage it? Do you not? Right. Do you, you know, these like crush relationships. Got it. Yeah. Because if you're like in your, if you're in your twenties, it's like, okay, well get married, you know, yeah, exactly. like have a like, short Like dating. go through your, your list of things yes. and then move on. And that's a different conversation. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, uh, so how, how, how old are we talking here? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I think we're talking from, you know, our ages, kids, how do you, our, our kids' ages, uh-huh. how do you navigate children Got it. who are becoming adults yes. who maybe establish these attractions right. earlier? And, you know, and I was just saying some ways to slow down that attraction potentially or slow down those timelines until they're ready to actually do something about Got it. it yeah. and, and, and I think that my parents did that by, it wasn't this hush, hush thing. Right. It was funny. It was a joke, you know, People would tease you about who you had a crush on or whatever in the family, but it also wasn't this encouraged like. Oh yeah, is that your girlfriend? Like, yeah, yeah, no. We weren't. Don't use that terminology. You know, no. like, you don't take them on mini dates. You don't go. Don't go to dances like when you're 12 years old or 15 or ever. Like, don't ever go to those dances. Like, don't ever go to a school. Yeah, dance, yeah. Um, um, so those were obvious things that my parents did that I think your parents did. Yes. Yeah. And it was always the conversation that's great. You're thinking about this person. What do you like about them? Hmm. Are they marriage potential? Like that whole marriage potential conversation started at a very young age in my home, like five, six, seven years old. If I said I liked a boy, my dad wanted to know what did I like about him? And then would bring out the admirable traits. And maybe if there was something like, oh, well, he's not a Christian. Hmm. Like you want to only marry someone who is a Christian or things like that. Um, We're brought up at that young age. And I think that that can be an awesome conversation going forward and then but as far as declaration speeds up the timeline something else that speeds up the deck speeds up the timeline is exclusivity and alone time and that was something that wasn't allowed Mm. until um you're ready for marriage and i put in air quotes because my sister caroline married austin tolpin um right after he turned 18 years old so she was older than he was and they were dating when he was 17 you know, he can't even legally get married at that stage. And so they did have exclusivity. They did have alone time and stuff like that. They were a declared couple at that young age. So I think it depends on when I say ready for marriage, you can get ready over six months. Like Austin got his act together (laughs) very quickly, like moved out, got his job situation set, like figured out that aspect. So it's not necessarily a financial readiness, but it's an overall, like I'm pursuing this person to get married to them and I can do that within the next year. Yes. That oh, was kind or of, less. I mean, or less. That was kind of the unspoken guidelines in our home. It was like, you are not going to be dating this person for four or five years. Oh no. That is, that was not right. Something that I see is, I still don't see that as being healthy. I remember my mama joy, my mom's mom said something when I was young and she goes, you got to get married while you still have the spark. She goes, two <laughs> things happen if you date for a really long time. One, you just think the person is boring and you're not just stoked out of your mind when you get married to them. And she wouldn't have used the term stoked. Uh, or the other is you do end up doing something you regret mm. because you can't get enough of this person. And right. so you end up going further than you wanted to go. And yeah. I do think, I, just through observation, I think those things tend to be true. Mm-hmm. You know, with Elisha and I, we were so crazy about each other. There's no way we could have gone for four or five years without doing something we regretted. Yeah, I mean, we unless we were like across the world from each other. It was like yeah, very that long would distance. That would you know, help. <laughs> I felt called <laughs> to minister to I mean, to the, the Lord is gracious in situations where you have no other option. Sure. 
but you don't want that to be the option yeah. for your kids if you can avoid it. Yeah. At least that's that's my hope for my kids. Or the other one is you see the couples and they've just dated and dated and dated and dated and they have this like old person married relationship yeah. going on <laughs> where it's like the other person doesn't walk into the room and they just light up. Right. It's like this, yeah, same old, same old. They're just used to each other because they've gotten into to that rut. Right. And I think there is something about getting married in that newlywed excitement. Right. That's healthy. No doubt. It's fun. Yeah, it's a blast. It's really fun. So anyways, that's, I guess, what we want to avoid for our kids mm. is one of those two scenarios. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that that when, I, when I'm thinking of our children, if I were to throw out numbers or ages, I would say the general rule would be that we're not dating, just say an age 18, until you're 18, because at that point, it's like, well, then you can actually do the things legal. You can legally pursue marriage, mm-hmm. and but that even that would be a case-by-case situation yeah, you bring I up austin s- you know who was like 17 and wanted to make that thing wanted to make it happen and so he got his ducks in a row and your dad saw that obviously caroline saw it and they're like okay well you can date now yeah um and so that might be the case for some of our kids but but some of them at 18 too it might not seem ready i don't know I, i'm just throwing out a number yeah well that's why i think the number is so arbitrary because i can see like I'm a big fan of young marriage. Well, I guess what I'm saying is I don't want my kids, like what you said, dating at 15 or 16. No, I don't Because they're, they're a minimum of two or three years away. And also, But I guess it also depends, too, on the um, age of the guy, primarily, I feel like, because he's the one who has to take care of the family. Oh, sure. As far as the physical provision. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Like that's, that's a pretty big responsibility. Yes. And so, yeah, like our 15-year-old son is not going to be dating a girl because he just cannot take care of her you know and i don't want i don't want my daughter doing that either yeah same because again regard i mean our 15 year old kid might have a business that's making him a million dollars and so he can provide you know for his family technically financially but it's like they're not they're clearly not of the age to marry and i don't want them dating and then having to like try to maintain sexual purity in that context for three miserable years unhealthy thing to set up your kids for so even though we're like I'd say we're both fans of young marriage overall. No, yes. Yeah, I think that's yeah. an awesome thing to be able to grow with your spouse. I think people who are down on young marriage potentially had, uh, like maybe people who got married young and regret it didn't have the right perspective going into marriage, but that can happen at any stage. You can have the wrong perspective going into marriage or wrong expectations oh, sure. at 40, 45 50, yeah. years old. Yeah. And you can have those at 18 too. And so I do think you need to know what you're signing up for. And Mm -hmm. I do think a big part of being ready for marriage, you know, in air quotes is, are you ready to have a family? And that was something that was really encouraged in our home is, are you ready to have children? Because marriage brings forth children and we don't want a child that's devastated when they get pregnant because they got married ready for marriage as far as physical intimacy and not ready for what that produces. Yeah. The fruit of marriage, which is yeah. Offspring. And that's a fruit of marriage. So we don't want our children getting married with this expectation of years and years and years of waiting. And we'll get ready for kids and we'll get ready for children because then what, then you get pregnant and then you're like, what on earth? I I'm scrambling and stressed out. We want it to be a joy when our children are um, expecting their first child. Right. And a lot of that is perspective. And a lot of that's, just what you believe about children to be true but there are also some you know physical and environmental things that can make that harder or easier as yes. well yes 
Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think of when you and I got pregnant, we had very little money. Like we, we couldn't afford the baby by the time when we got pregnant. No, we straight we up didn't have the money for later. it. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, well, we've got nine months to be able to figure out to, to be able to afford this. That was really healthy for yes. us. And we were, even though we technically couldn't afford it when we got pregnant, we were stoked. Like, oh yeah. We didn't also know everything that we couldn't afford. You know, I didn't realize how much a baby was going to cost sure. or all those things. And I really appreciate that. We weren't overeducated to this, like a child's going to cost X, Y, Z. We just figured it out as we went along. Yeah. And I think that there's a health in that no, too. No doubt. I was, I had just turned 21 when we got married. And so just for reference, sure. I guess I didn't think of myself as young at the time. Cause I always wanted to get married to Elisha at 18 when he first talked to my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that I think was and you were four and a half, five years older. Mm-hmm. But something that I think was helpful with those relationships was we did have this, I had this ongoing, like, it, what am I trying to say? It was expected in our home that before anyone started an exclusive dating relationship, the guy would talk to my dad. Mm-hmm. And that was because all of us were really young at the time. And that's still something that even my sisters now, they appreciate when the guy, even if he approaches them first, he's open to talking with daddy or, um, you know, it depends on the age and stage and all that. But when we were younger, it was the guy was going to approach my dad before he talked to us. And we weren't growing up in a typical high school culture. Like we had a boy at the public school who asked one of my sisters out and he didn't really get the culture that we grew up in. She's like, you're doing this wrong, man. She was 14, yeah. And it was just like, (laughs) yeah, there's no way. But if someone did do that, and we were maybe even like 15, 16, 17, we'd be like, hey, you got to talk to my dad. Um, We don't go out on dates, but we can hang out Mm -hmm. and have a good time. But if someone was trying to pursue exclusivity with one of us girls, they had to talk to my dad first. Yeah. And usually that scared them away. (laughs) Unless they were serious. But I think, just going back to my little timeline extenders here, that declaration piece, the alone time exclusivity piece, and then physical touch, mm-hmm. obviously. If, you, if you're if you staying away from declaration and alone time, then you probably aren't going to be dealing with the timeline of physical touch. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is something that parents overlook in our culture today, which is as soon as physical touch becomes something, mm-hmm you started a timeline. Yeah. <laughs> you only have so long yeah. before you either are bored of the person and they don't give you an electric jolt when you touch them True. or you just can't get enough of that person yeah, you and you can't far. be satisfied right. outside of marriage. Right. And I think that's something that people don't understand and you don't feel this way. I, I wish I'd had a better understanding of this. You will not be satisfied physically outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. And because even if you you know, have intercourse or whatever, and you feel that fleeting moment of satisfaction, you either are dealing with guilt or some other negative emotion. Lack of trust. I mean, guilt being a huge one. but Lack of trust, all these different things outside of marriage. The Mm -hmm. only way you're going to feel that total, pure, free satisfaction is inside of marriage. And anything less than that is going to leave you wanting more. Yeah. And it's, and it's natural to desire that. Yes. It's and a that's, good thing to des- for your healthy. kids to desire. Yeah. To pursue that. Uh, like marriage is such a gift from God and is a healthy thing. 
It's and, incredible. Yeah. And I mean, I think that, like you said, there maybe as a parent that we've seen that is acts totally naive to their kids' interest in the opposite sex. And then there are also those parents that like lose it when their kids have an interest in the opposite sex at 14, 15 or 16 or whatever, whatever the age may be rather than being like, I mean, you should be thrilled, honestly, that your kids have an interest in the opposite sex. You know, you're like, that's good. That's a healthy God given desire. Now, obviously you want to be able to shepherd that and you don't want that affection and attraction to be towards losers. Um, And so you want to be able to have speak into your children's life. And there is this element too, of when our children are young, there's always this element in relationship of where we need to guard our hearts where we need to protect our emotions because relationships are something where you're going out on this limb and the limb could crack mm. if you aren't going out at the same pace as the other person. And it's that's one of the stresses of dating yeah. is you're going out on this limb and you're hoping someone else meets you out there. Yeah, you have to risk something. You, It's a risk. Yeah. yeah. And so that's a healthy risk. It's a, a risk that's a part of the design, yes. I feel like, of pursuing that closeness of relationship whenever you're achieving vulnerability in a relationship there's risk involved but for our children to get really swept off their feet with someone at an early age is dangerous because that other person might not be like our children need to be aware I guess that that other person might not be as into them as they are into them right and that's just a part of life and so if they don't want to get crushed then they're going to need a protect their emotions there right and i do think that like uh i do think the man needs to be the one out way ahead emotionally than where the girl is at. like he needs to be the that's one willing pretty to risk hard it. though because I, well that's what i regret that big time because i think growing up in such a egalitarian culture there's this mindset of like well you you come 20 feet and i'll come 20 feet you know like well, i'll start walking your way you start walking my way we'll meet in the middle and so you're you both are like risking the same amount. And I do think because of the way God comprised men emotionally, it's like, no, go declare your intentions. Like you pursue her. You be the one willing to go out there and declare your intentions and to pursue the girl and to put your ego on the line. Um, and if you face rejection, well, yeah, to get up and, you know, wipe off the dust and deal with it. But I, I do think it is unfair to women to think that they need to be showing as much interest and risking as much early on before anything's declared. Obviously, once it's declared and you're in a relationship, you want them both to be pursuing the relationship with that fervor. But it seems like early on in relationships, I know I did this. I big time regret it. I did it the first time. The second time, I did Yeah, the second time you didn't. But the first really time, I think nice. the reason that it didn't work out between you and I is because I kept waiting for the affirmation from you. I was like, okay, I'll... You know, I'll say these nice things, but she needs to be able to say these nice things before I risk anymore. I was anymore. super insecure, and Elisha's this, he's older than me, mm-hmm. and there's no way, I just did not think I was good enough for you. <laughs> That's crazy to think about, isn't it? No, it's not. <laughs> it's it is. still an obvious. <laughs> but especially at the time, it was like a, a celebrity crush. He was my celebrity crush. Mm-hmm. And you picture a guy like coming down off stage and you're just someone in the audience. He just thinks you're incredible. Yeah. And that's where I need to be told again, you're special. Yeah. You're incredible. You're, you know, one, you're not like one of many, you yeah. know? Yeah. And like obviously there's fan. the womanizing guys that can just say all the right things and they've done it a handful of times. And so they know how to really make a girl feel good. Yeah. And the so, second time Elisha came back, that's no, stop it. <laughs> you a lot more of that vibe. <laughs> no. Which, you know, it didn't hurt. (laughs) uh, But yeah, you have to, you have to have integrity. Yes, exactly. But I do, I do appreciate that because I do think women, it's easier for us to 
get our emotions out in front mm-hmm. where we're just this big pile of emotions. And then when we're dropped, it's devastating. Yeah. And to my defense, that first time I did pursue and then, and then I talked to no, your dad. You were great. I called him. Daddy shut I, it down. And that was because I was 18 and he didn't think I was ready to get married sure, and have yeah. children. Which is fair enough. So it was what it was. Because I, I agree. I think you were... But by like the guy being the one willing to risk it, I mean, it's as simple as that. It's like if a guy is not willing to talk to the dad or if a guy is not willing to, I mean, it was like, are you going to ask her? I was like, well, I don't know if she likes me. It's like, well, yeah, that's why you like ask her out to see her. That's why you talk to her dad to see if she's interested in doing it. Um, It's kind of like that attitude that I think is unfortunate with an even Christian. Yeah. We really want to encourage our boys to just, hey, ask her out. She tells you no, don't worry about it. Exactly. Move on. Like, don't don't wait for her to be sending you glaring messages in the sky that she's crazy about you. Like that's just unfair to her at that point. And so, yeah, I mean, not being loud, not being obnoxious, not being flirtatious as girls was something that my parents were really um, encouraging to us at that stage. It's like, Hey, treat all guys, be friendly to all of them. Don't just you were really flirtatious with this one guy. You sought him out and just like, you know, had his number. And we don't want you girls doing that. Mm-hmm. That wasn't something that was encouraged. And our parents were in tune to that kind of energy that we were putting out Yeah. Um, at different times. And so that was, I think, helpful. But yeah, it's just, it's just a tight walk. And it, it is very devastating when you're, you know, 15 years old and you think a guy likes you the same amount mm. and then all of a sudden you realize he actually likes this other girl. Oh, boy. And that has happened to me and my sisters yeah. where, you know, there's a guy interested or you're texting him all the time. Say you're a little bit older, you're 17 or 18, you're texting him all the time. And then he posts on Instagram, he's has an official girlfriend you're like yeah. what i thought i was who were you talking to all those nights you know i thought you were talking to me oh. or you find out he's engaged or you know <laughs> wow. getting engaged you yeah. got engaged it was like you were dating a girl that whole time and yeah. i was just like your friend yeah like that happens and that has happened and so i think that i think our kids just need to be aware that that happens and so guard your emotions accordingly yeah. and then it's up to them how far and they get yeah but then also teach your sons teach your daughters to have some integrity if you are in an exclusive dating relationship be like hey this is when you start oh of course you know i don't think i didn't respect those guys at all from the start yeah i like the things you listed off just what were those the the, like four things to the four things to avoid (laughs) declaration alone time exclusivity and physical touch yeah that's great I mean, they're all things you just have, your kids have to be aware that they speed up a timeline. And I think if you can just communicate that to your children is communicate, Hey, there's certain timelines for this type of stuff. Um, what is your end game with this person? Mm -hmm. Are they someone that you think is really cute and fun and you have a big crush on them? Do you think that they're going to, they would make a great father. Mm -hmm. You would follow them to the ends of the earth. They'd be a good provider. They love the Lord. They're going to, you would love if they raised your children and shepherded them. Okay, that's cool. Do you think they think the same thing about you? Mm -hmm. Or because I think they might just, they think you're cute, but they aren't invested in you like they want you to be their person for the rest of their life. So you need to be really careful in this relationship. Just be friends, be 
as good of a friend as you can be without getting emotionally involved Mm -hmm. and just see how it plays out because you guys are years out on anything ever actually happening and there's a good chance you're an you're an awesome girl obviously you know or you're an awesome guy and I think that you're the best that this person could do but they might they might you know go meet someone else so you just need to be really careful with your heart sure you know I think that would kind of be our encouragement to our kids yeah. at those early ages. I agree. And like you said, emphasizing the the goal being marriage and how mm-hmm. glorious of a goal that is, and what a worthy thing to pursue. Because I think my parents did that. I think your parents mm-hmm. did that. And it made it really easy when I was 14, 15, 16, and you'd get a camp crush or, yeah. you know, there'd be the girl that was really good at whatever freeze tag and you'd be like wow i've got a crush on her no and then you'd joke, be able to yeah. like you'd be able to like step back and even at that young age be like okay well i want to pursue a wife uh and so we're not really gonna be able to do anything about that right now and then you start viewing her characteristics differently because i mean yeah. being really good at freeze tag is a great quality that yeah, every man it, should probably want in his helps. wife but it's not the only thing that matters and i think too like we were allowed to hang out as often as group settings would permit with people. Like my parents knew there were crushes involved within us and our friend groups and stuff. And we were able to just hang out in groups as consistently as the groups hung out. Mm. As long as there was no um, like isolating or we weren't like shuffling off with this one person to just hang out in isolation, then stuff just took care of itself over time, which is funny to think back. You know, it's like, have a crush on a guy for a year, two years, three years. And then it's like all of a sudden our maturity levels were just light years different. Mm. And there was no way I could have a crush on him anymore. Right. You know? Yeah. And there were guys that, I mean, I kind of joke because it was like guys liked me. And then as soon as it didn't work out, I made him hate my guts. Like no one ever regretted. I think me, (laughs) like I had some sisters where they would tell a guy no and the guy would still think they were awesome that never happened with me (laughs) (laughs) it's like I didn't have ex-suitors that thought I was still great I don't know about that like she is crazy I dodged a bullet there (laughs) so I don't know (laughs) we should wrap this up we should did you get all your points in I did. Oh, good. That's all. That's all I have. This isn't speaking from experience with how obviously like, like our kids are not at these ages, but we are already having those conversations because they're healthy conversations to have, mm-hmm. but it's kind of a little bit on how we grew up, I guess. I'm sure we're going to be seeking some of you out in a few years on how to a hundred percent. You that are going through it now. Yeah, we when you have adolescent be, kids. Or, yeah. We're going to be begging for your, opinions so yeah so take notes as your kids go through this yes we'll talk to you soon bye-bye bye, bye. bye.